Welcome to the WorkJoy Jam podcast. I'm your host, Beth Stallwood, founder of Create WorkJoy. In this episode, I am joined by David Rahman, who is the author of Let It Go, a great book, definitely worth a read. And a subject that I think is really important when we think about work joy is sometimes there's some baggage we are carrying around that is stopping us from fully experiencing the joy. It's holding us back from our careers or what we want to do or what we want to do in life and to achieve. And in this conversation with David, we talk about his own story and how he used some of these techniques that he's talking about to be able to let some stuff go from his world. And he now shares this with many, many people as a way of helping them to get to where they want to go, to get in a really good place to take themselves forward. I really hope you enjoy this conversation with David Rowan. Hello and welcome to the Work Joy Jam. Today I'm really excited to be joined by David Rahman and we are going to talk about lots of different things including the power of letting stuff go. So David will introduce himself better than I could ever introduce himself. So David over to you tell us about yourself and tell us your backstory and how you got to where you are today. Hello. Hello, Beth. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I'm David Rahman. I'm an author and coach. And yeah, I've uh, I've been coaching for almost 20 years. Uh, and that's helping people overcome issues, personal issues, self-confidence, self-esteem. And yeah, the backstory, quick backstories as a teenager and in my 20s, I had a lot of issues um, emotional issues, mental health issues, in terms of self-esteem, self-confidence, the lack of it, uh, where I fitted in the world, I was stuck. Uh, and uh, I think I discovered, Beth, that it all it all came to a head when I got to university and um, I, I knew I had to change. So I went through um, university, I ended up becoming an optometrist uh, and at that time I still you know when you feel there's something not right about this career for me mm. it's taken me up to a level but I knew I, there was something else I wanted to do so I discovered books on personal development and then I became a, a coach and that's then through many years of coaching I wrote a book called, called Let It Go and and I'll speak. So I'm a speaker and I'm always online uh, doing lives, workshops, etc. So yeah, here we are. It's 2021. My book came out in January. And I'm just looking like a lot of people out there to make a difference to this world. Yeah. I love that and such a great story and thank you so much for being so open about your backstory and it's I think really inspiring for people to hear how you're not when you're a coach and you're somebody who's very visible online and I you know I'm watching your lives and you're kind of really confident and you look like you've got it all sorted but to hear that you actually struggled to hear that you kind of went through some difficult times Mm. I think is something that is really helpful for people to know about that you're not just here ready it's been years in the making there's a lot of hard work gone into that to be able to be who you are today yeah absolutely there's a story of um the the stone chip chipper who's he's in this marketplace and he's got this huge stone and he's chipping away at it Uh, and a guy is walking through the market and he's he notices the stone chip and he said what are you doing he's and the stone chip said well i'm I'm working. There's, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's, there's a diamond. There's something special inside the stone. And the, and the, the guy just looks at him and says, "Well, you know, I've, I've seen you here before in the marketplace. You've been doing this for some time. Good luck." So he walks away. And then about a week later, the, the guy is walking through the market again, and he sees the stone chipper. And as he looks at the stone chipper, he. The stone chip is chipping away, and suddenly this huge stone, this huge block of what looks like uh, granite just cracks open to reveal the the largest diamond they'd ever seen. And and the, the guy said to the stone chipper, wow, you've only been here 
for a couple of months. And look at this. Wow. Wow. You're like an overnight success. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it takes time, isn't it? And people think that someone's an overnight success and people have worked on themselves or worked on their business or projects for years before. But it appears to everyone that it's just happened. Yeah, and it and that's the thing is that it's the work. So when we talk about work joy, I'm always like, it, it is work. There are things yes. that sometimes are hard. There are things that you have to do. There are things that, you know, in your life and in your work and separating those two things, I'm not sure is the, the right thing to do. Putting them together is probably an easier way of thinking about life because work Ooh. is part of life. Is that you have to do the work. And uh, I'd be interested to hear a little bit more about going from somebody who kind of in your formative teenage and kind of early 20s years was really struggling with things like self-esteem, with your mental health, with issues, Mm. is putting that work in. What kind of things did you do to enable you to build your self-esteem, to build your identity of self-worth and and in those areas? Because I think some practical advice there would be super helpful to our listeners. Yeah, I think the, the first thing you have to do is the first practical thing to do is to just to just to ac- be aware and acknowledge I need to change uh, and to get a piece of paper, like an A4 piece of paper, uh, and just to sit down. And you can do this any anywhere. You, you know, in normal times, you can do this in a coffee shop. Just sit there. <laughs> yeah. Just write down, this is not what I, this is not what I like about my life. So uh, I'm a procrastinator, I'm a people pleaser, or I seem to limit myself when I'm around certain people, or, or I'm, I'm always starting projects but never finishing them. So put down what you perceive is not going right in your life. And it's sometimes that's so freeing just to see it on paper, right, okay, because you've got to know where the start line is, where am I going to start from? And and then to then to examine it because there's often a pattern in there, so the pattern in there could be always needing validation. Uh, uh, and where's that coming from? Because you're obviously looking for for help from from others to make you feel good about you, which means you don't feel good about yourself. So, I I really went. At that time, I thought, right, I need to change. What do I need to change about me? What, what, what's not going right? And it's, it's never, ever lasting journey for, for everyone, really. We're looking to be a better version of ourselves. So for anyone out there, I would just look at, right, what's not working? And write it down on a piece of paper. What's not working? Don't put it under the, under the rug, because eventually you'll trip up over the rug. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I started looking at biographies i started reading about people who had been on their journeys you know so biographies are a great way of starting if anyone's out there looking to be inspired just pick up a a book or an audiobook and learn how someone overcame their challenges mm. and often you'll see a little bit of yourself in there yeah but and you're hearing by hearing someone else's story, yes. you will understand what they went through, how that happened, yes, what they did. And I, I'm really loving. It. I kind of, it, it's really aligned to some of the things that I think is sometimes if you just sit there and write some stuff down, there's stuff that comes out of your brain that you didn't know was there yeah. by the power of writing <laughs> it. You're like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And then sometimes, and I've written down here and I've highlighted it, it's that naming it and saying what it is yeah. suddenly is quite freeing because now you know what it is. You can do something about it. Yeah. And it does feel like you can take some energy when it's something that kind of feels stressful or inside of you or doesn't feel right or feels really uncomfortable in an awkward, horrible, frustrating way. It's really hard to do anything with that, but kind of getting there, naming it, giving yourself a bit of a plan about what you could do and get some inspiration from other people. That's fantastic advice. So thank you you so much for sharing that. And you're you're absolutely right. You know, the days, hopefully maybe by the time this podcast comes out, people will be able to sit in a cafe and, uh, you know, oh, those lovely days of oh, love just those. sitting there with a, a, a nice drink and yes. considering the world and watching the world go by. How yeah. lovely that would be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So amazing. Thank you very much for sharing that advice. And it, it's great advice. And whenever I sit there and think, oh, I need to do something about this, or I feel stuck or that something isn't right, that writing process is really, really helpful. Yeah. And 
let's uh, kind of take a step forward now and think about where you are now. And you've written a book about letting stuff go. And when I saw that and I connected with you, David, one of the things I just thought about is such an important topic is being able to let stuff go. And I thought... I need you to come on the podcast. So thank you for agreeing to come along because I think our audience will love this subject. And what I wanted to do is to kind of dive in with you, if it's okay, mm. and tell me a little bit about how the book came around um, and some of your advice around how might people use the the subject of letting things go to move forward in their lives. Yeah, sure, sure. Thank you. Um, I started doing a little bit of public speaking at the end of the first decade of the century. And it was very nervous because as a guy who's um, a bit of an ambivert, but more of an introvert than anything, and, and public speaking, it was not something I was ever going to want to do, to be honest, Beth. Um, the last thing on my mind was to stand up in front of people. And, and it, clearly, it's for most people, it's the biggest phobia of all, getting up and speaking, mm. because you're, you're being judged and you're being... Um, possibly being criticized and, and you have these feelings of not being good enough am I going to fluff my lines etc so I had to get over myself because I wanted to reach more people uh, and in order for me to stand up in in front of a group of people whatever size it is uh, I knew I had to get past myself and I, I knew that because uh, I had this first engagement, speaking engagement at a hotel in Cardiff, and the night before I had this massive panic attack, and I'd woken up in, in the middle of the night, uh, and I thought somebody was knocking my door, but it was actually my heart was beating so loudly um, that I knew I was having a panic attack. Obviously, I've been a coach, I'd help people with deal with that severe anxiety and panic attack. So I knew exactly what was happening to me. So the next day I did my talk. Um, it wasn't good. Uh, it, it, it wasn't. It was the opposite of good. But I knew I had to learn. So the first thing I needed to learn, because the, 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 the thing I wanted to do was to help people understand that they're better than they think they are. They are worthy. Mm. Uh, and we've all got this purpose in life. Uh, and this... We, we're on this planet to do something. Now, it could be being a mum, which is amazing. It could be owning a company, being a writer, a musician, whatever it is. We've all got a gift. Uh, and our joy in this life is to discover what it is and to live it. So I, after that time that I was on stage and it wasn't good, I, I knew there was something about it that I need to do more of this. Because I'm not, I'm going to be letting a lot of people down if I don't get up and speak. So I got up and I started speaking and I started doing workshops. I started doing courses. I started working with UK government, delivering these courses. Uh, initially it was free because I just wanted to help. And I got a contract uh, and I started doing this program, which is the forerunner to the Let It Go program. And people's lives were just transforming. It was bonkers, uh, and and without going too much into it, there were there was people who had suffered abuse, people who had suffered mental health issues since they were children, uh, their childhood. Some people who had had divorces, people who had been bullied in work, or people who just didn't have any confidence and they didn't know why. So there's a whole spectrum mm. of people and ages, which is interesting. Because the the there were ages from teenagers all the way up to the sixties, and I was delivering this content, and people's lives were just changing, or or shall I say, the way they think, the way they were thinking and feeling about themselves was changing, and they were taking different actions then, and people were starting their own business, people were leaving relationships where they were afraid to leave the relationship previously, because of insecurity reasons and. All sorts of things were going on, and people was like they were transforming their bodies because they were eating differently and and being committed to change. And one day I thought, well, I'd, I'd like to put this in a format such as a book. People were saying this should be in a book. This should be taught in schools, um, and that's how it it transpired. The the process of letting go. I, I was finding out that people were letting go. Yeah. Of, of 
stuff that they were carrying in what I term the mental rucksack. They were, they were just freeing themselves. For me, let it go is freedom. That's, that's what it means. Amazing. Before we go on to some of the things about how we do these, I've just got a few things that really came to mind when mm. you were talking about this. I thought I'd reflect on a few things. Mm. Is One thing I really love about that story is so many people, I think if you were in that situation where you've had a panic attack the night before, which I think there is such a thing, and I, I'm, I've had a few in my life, and I, I do not wish them on anybody. They are horrendous things. Mm. Um, and I know some people suffer them from a, in a chronic way, but I think there's something like a panic attack hangover is that you feel awful, like mm-hmm. physically awful mm-hmm. for days, weeks after one of those things, something mm-hmm. about like the adrenaline and all the stuff that's coursing through your body afterwards. Awful. But you, you carried on and you did it and you accepted that it wasn't as good as you wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. But rather than going, hang on a minute, I'm an introvert who doesn't want to do these things. I'm just going to go kind of retreat back and not do this. You're like, I'm going to go and do more of it. I'm going to mm-hmm. go and practice it. I'm going to go and do the work to get better at this because it's really important that I do it. Mm. and I think that takes real courage to do that to kind of go actually no I'm going to do it I'm going to push through this so well done and thank you for pushing through it and there's a I think there's a lesson for a lot of us there is that just because we're not brilliant at something the first time we do it doesn't mean we don't stop we should stop we can keep learning we can keep growing we can make that happen and I there's a lot of joy to be had in the process but there's also that scary stuff isn't there about oh I'm going to put myself out there in front of people it's going to be hard people are going to judge me And I think probably reflecting on some of the things that you said earlier as well is we often see in, I think, you know, through social media and different things, we see the outcome of many, many years work and the perfection that some of those things bring versus the reality of what gets you there. And um, it's so nice, you know, I've had this where you go, oh, I really wasn't very good there and I want to work on it. So that was just a reflection from me. And then um, really thinking about this idea of a way and your method and the content that you use in transforming people's lives in so many different ways so a spectrum of different people so it's not like this only works for you know if you're a woman in your 20s there's a a kind of a wide range there and so many different things in their backgrounds that could stop them limit them um, making it happen but actually finding a way through it so yes and I'm, I'm loving this idea and I've, I've like circled it about 12 times with my pen so <laughs> it's clearly it's clearly this is how I do things like if it gets circled I'm like this is on my brain now <laughs> yeah talk to me more about your mental rucksack because I'm loving that as a term and I'm sitting there thinking about my mental rucksack and all the stuff yeah. that's in there so so, yeah. so can you explore that a little bit for me of course of course of course yeah I mean, I mean when we're born we're born to this just beautiful baby and it's just when when we look at a baby, it's like oh, unconditional love because that baby's not judging, just looking at you, wants to be fed, he wants to sleep, wants to poo in his nappy, but it, it's just free. Uh, and then, you know, where we become this little infant, and then we're told not to do this. We're told be quiet. Children shouldn't be heard. Money doesn't grow on trees. We're told stuff like, you know, you're not as good as your brother was when he was in school and where we go through this period of change under the age of 10 and then between 10 and 20 where we experience this thing called life and it's it's joy a lot of the time and it can be traumatic a lot of the time where we're experiencing failure because failure could be we've asked a girl out and we're 14 years old and she laughs at us or failure could be we, we, we sit in a, a science exam and half the class passes and we don't pass. And it's then... We... I would be in that not passing thing on the science exam for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have these moments where we feel amazing and we have these moments where we feel let down. We feel this... If I could give you a little, little story, and it's a true story. It was back in the 80s uh, and at the time... Uh, and, and still now, I love football and I love Liverpool. That's my team. And I was, I've followed them since 77, so giving away my age. So I was, I was very keen to have a Liverpool bag because back in the 80s, these sports bags had teams on them like Aston Villa, Man City, Liverpool, etc. 
So my parents, in their infinite wisdom, had been shopping and they came back home. And my brothers are younger than me, so I was the oldest, and I was uh, 13 at the time. So they brought these three bags randomly Liverpool, Man City, and Aston Villa. And my parents knew, they knew I loved Liverpool. But what did they do? They said to my brothers, well, which bag do you want first? <laughs> and then he said, Liverpool. Well, the other, asked the other brother, because I've got two brothers, which bag do you want? Aston Villa. So I had this Man City bag I had to go to school with. <laughs> Embarrassed. Shame. I was, it was, it, yeah, and we can laugh. I laugh at it now, but looking back, I was traumatized because it meant a lot to me to have the Liverpool bag because that's my team. And so I had to have this, that was like a badge of shame. So I carried that in my mental rucksack, you know, for years. So we have these emotions in the mental rucksack of where we failed in life or where we were disappointed, where we felt not good enough. Um, I remember being in a school bus and we were approaching Longleat and I was at the back of the bus. I didn't hear the teacher tell everybody to be quiet. Um, so I carried on talking and she heard me and she shouted out to the back of the bus some something bad at me and I felt humiliated. I felt ashamed. But I didn't know I'd locked that emotion into and carried it in my mental rucksack. I didn't know I'd carried it until I was about 40 years old. Mm. when this feeling of shame and embarrassment and humiliation I was carried around with me was triggered off by someone saying my name. And I didn't know why, when somebody said my name, I felt embarrassed, shamed, and humiliated. And I, 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 I continually train, and I still work on myself a lot. So I'm always working with coaches, mentors, going on programs, courses, days in personal development. I love it. And this is back about 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago. I was about 40. And we did this exercise, and I realized that that shame and embarrassment that I was still in my mental rucksack was linked to my name. And it was linked to that bus, episode on the bus, where she'd screamed my name to shut up. Uh, and... I, I felt so humiliated and embarrassed at that time that I'd locked it in, associated my name with embarrassment and humiliation. So we go through life, Beth, and we've had these experiences. It could be a, a throwaway experience because I remember working with um, a dentist client, a high-profile dentist client recently, and she said to me that, well, it transpired through one of the sessions that she said she she did always trying to keep conversations interesting. I said, really? She said, yeah, all, all, I always feel I have to keep conversations going, no time to pause, and make them super interesting, David. And it's exhausting me. So we went through her life, and and she had a memory. Suddenly, something came up, and it was nine years old, and a girl in her class called her boring. Oh, you're boring. You're dull. And she, that energy she carried with her. And she'd made her mind at that age, I don't want anybody to ever call me dull and boring again. Uh, and I have to now make conversations interesting, otherwise people are going to think I'm boring. And she realized that. She had this massive aha moment. She'd pulled it out of her mental rucksack. So... That's the challenge now. Yeah. To find out. And it's so interesting and talking about those stories and it really kind of brings it home and makes it real when you talk about your own personal story mm. and also the story of your client there. And I'm thinking now of like fifty examples from my own mental rucksack. Mm. Um because that that feeling and what you associate it with, even if so I'm thinking about your example of being on that bus, that yeah. teacher will not remember that situation. No. Because at that time you're an annoying student who's not doing what's being told. And yeah. she's probably shouted at thousands over the years yeah. of students not doing what they're told, right? Because teachers get annoyed with students because they're annoying. Um, but it's a really interesting one. And what I'm interested about that is how closely associated with your identity and your name and your per who you are, mm -hmm. that is. And that's a real, real 
scary thing when you someone says your name and you feel shame it's like well your name is something that people say lots of times a day so yeah. how is that so and what, you know there's a really interesting one and then I I was smiling to myself when you were talking about the idea of the, the, the person um, you were coaching who has associated something about being boring I I feel very personally the same thing like I <laughs> and I I'm sitting here going oh I need to deal with that in my mental rucksack mm. um, and I remember having a conversation with my husband the other day it's like don't you dare call me boring and he was like okay I won't <laughs> and he was like where does that come from like I got no idea but there's definitely something in me about not being boring mm. um but there there are so many things and you know little things but that we're holding on to because yes. we haven't addressed them or even we don't even know they're there but they're driving some kind of feeling or behavior yeah within ourselves and I also imagine I'm just thinking about this from a different angle is mm. there are also I imagine in our mental rucksack as many if not hundreds more positive associations that we have but because they don't bring us down or we don't we, don't, we maybe just don't notice them as much so what are the positive memories that we have of kind of feeling supported and loved and um all of those different areas and I, I I'm really interested about whether we we do enough of exploring the stuff that supports us for who we are as well as the stuff that is not helping us so I'm going to get to a question I was rambling on with my reflections for a minute there because I I am now like exploring my own mental rucksack of all of the things that you know I'm just thinking about some that I know many of the people that I've worked with over the years and many of my friends struggle with are things like you know um, don't boast about stuff that it's not cool to boast about stuff which means we then don't ever celebrate the things we've achieved yes. and we don't tell people the good news yes. um you know there's all kind like don't show off um yeah. I had that one a lot when I was a kid don't show off Beth. Sure, sure. um but you know there's so many different things that are there and the messages that that kind of land really deeply so the question I'm going to get to now mm. and I am getting there is so what can we do when we've discovered this I think you know understanding we've got a mental rucksack we can probably find some stuff when we get the feeling yeah what is some of your and again I'm going to put this in like a bit of a caveat that this will probably be like a week's worth of podcasts just talking about what to actually do and what's in the book and all that kind of stuff but what are some of the really practical things that we can do to start to let some of that stuff go yeah sure the first the first thing I'm I'm all, all about awareness um practical you can um Put an elastic band on one of your wrists. And you want to know, because people people tend to overrate themselves on, on, on a level of how positive they are as a person or how good they are as a person. And often we can see things in others which they can't see. So you might sit down, Beth, with a couple of friends and realize that this person likes the sound of a voice. This person is always moaning and blaming life. This, but so we we can see it, but they can't see it. So a quick, a, a really powerful tool to do is to put an elastic band on on one of your hands, on one of your wrists, and catch yourself over a seven day period blaming, complaining, judging, criticizing, wanting validation, people pleasing. Catch yourself and flick it, because every time you do that, you're going to send a signal, a pain signal, up to your brain to associate now your bad habit, behavior, thinking, with pain. And a lot of people have just done that technique, and it's really, they've managed to delete stuff out of their vocabulary, which they didn't actually know or realize they were saying. Because our, our words, uh, if you think of the, uh, the, the conscious mind, subconscious mind, the, the, the latest studies show that between 90-95% of our our behavior is unconscious it's yeah it's it's just automated we get up the same side of bed we go to the you know the same bathroom we do the same things uh, and the normal times and only five percent is conscious so this snaps you back into conscious reality where you're looking at who am i as a person and immediately from even from that you can go about stopping some of the stuff you're doing because there's a lot of stuff that we do that we don't know of so that's highly practical uh, in terms of super what practical another thing here thing. looking at my wrist that actually has a hairband on and i could do it right now done. <laughs> yeah Ooh, yeah okay well, another version of that technique is just to pinch your pinch your hand so just pinch okay. it every time um there's a i was going to mention what was going to mention uh, oh yes you can even you know a lot of people like there's a saying 
sometimes you wouldn't talk to your dog the way you talk to yourself. We just criticize. We have these negative thoughts about ourselves, resentment. We play over scenarios, maybe a conversation we had earlier that day. We, we just can't seem to let go of it. So a powerful technique, very simple, is if you're finding yourself in a frenzy, it's almost like a feeling you, you are attacking yourself, critical, blaming, and you're finding, and you can catch yourself doing that because you become emotional. Our emotions follow our thinking. So text yourself, sit down, take a deep breath, and text yourself exactly how you were just talking to yourself. Now, what this does, two things, it's quite powerful. It slows your mind down because you've got a text. So take your time, just text yourself. And the text could be something like, why did I just say that during the meeting? Or I keep... You know, this diet is not working for me, just like all the others. And when we text ourselves these thoughts, number one, we're slowing our mind down. Number two, sometimes we just, we're just absolutely shocked at how we're talking to ourselves. Because it's become automated, mm. we have now brought it to the conscious level. So that's immediately, people have just done that technique and... They've been not only shocked, surprised, but grateful that they can see and make that change starting now. Those are two very practical techniques. Yeah, I love that one. And it's so true, isn't it, that so many times, I always think about this, like, would you talk to your best friend that way? Is that what you would be saying Mm -hmm. to them? And you're like, no way. I'd be telling them, no, you're fine. You can sort it out. There's practical ways to, you'd be giving advice and doing really good advice, but it's so hard when we get stuck in our heads. So I love that about text yourself and then read it because you'll be able to read it with a more calmer, um, conscious, logical mind that goes, hang on a minute. Yeah. Are those things actually true or are they blown out of all proportion? Have yeah. I, I always talk about, have you made a mountain where a molehill once stood? Yeah. And the answer when I ask myself that question is usually yes. Yes. There's very rarely an actual mountain when there's something going on in my head. So I love that idea. It's really great. And I'm just I'm laughing at myself here because you're talking about, you like, would you talk to your dog that way? Absolutely not. My dog is like the best thing in the entire world. And <laughs> oh. she only ever gets praise. I am one of those um, yes. dog mummies. And I'm like, you're the best in the whole world. She, yes. I said to my husband the other day that our dog, if she had, you know, if she was a human, she would have the biggest self-esteem Oh, ever man. of any person ever invented um so yeah there's definitely something there so two great things so like associate it have that kind of wrist thing or a pinch thing that kind of associates a bad habit with pain yes. um that'll help you kind of work through it and then this text yourself one i am totally going to give it a go yes. i love that yes. great idea and then just get that kind of slow down logical thinking about it yes brilliant and and then when you kind of are in that zone, yes. because because habits are really hard to break on. Yeah. It's not like it's not like you go, oh, hang on, I've flicked my wrist and I've written down something on a text message. Yeah. I'm now done. Yeah. I fixed myself. No, no, no. What's what's the next step? Yeah, we're gonna we we're gonna think about when do we start thinking. Um, it's it it is literally going back into life and examine what you do. And and the the first thing I always um, think about my clients and teach them is the morning mindset because how we start the day actually does progress how we end the day morning mindset transform my life and it's something that's so powerful even though people out there might be thinking well i'm not a morning person well not until now because our morning um does really my father used to say morning shows the day i know what he means because if i've had a bad morning i haven't done my morning routine the day isn't as good yeah. Does day doesn't finish strong. So the morning mindset. And how do people start this? Well, first of all, um, I never never have notifications. In fact, my phone is not in my room. Phone is not in the bedroom. No tech in the bedroom because the bedroom's for sleeping and other stuff. But it's not for working and it's not for um, tech. So if you want to wake up, just get an alarm clock. So the average Joe these days, Joe or Joanne, they pick up the phone. Switch the check the time and then suddenly discover um, that it's um, seven thirty and then they discover they got notifications so they start obeying the notifications which is reading them and then you become at the behest of the person who sent you them you're on their agenda so you're looking at a WhatsApp group or Facebook Messenger 
or scrolling and suddenly you've wasted time because your energy is going into an online separate universe which is separate your life it's not you but you've been distracted and that's a huge problem so you're never going to change if you're going to continue doing this every morning so put that away uh, and take it out the room um Exercise is a big thing for me. Anyone can exercise. They say, I've got time, wake up earlier. I've got children, wake up earlier. There's 1,440 minutes in the day. You can do it. People say, I can go an hour in the morning. Well, there's apps out there, which four-minute apps called Tabata um, or the 8Fit app. These are designed for you to do exercise in under, under 12 minutes. So you've done something because your body's biochemistry has to change first thing in the morning. Because our level of cortisol first thing in the morning is at its highest between six, five and seven, sorry. Between five and seven, the cortisol, which is the stress hormone, is at its highest. So you don't want to wake up in a bad mood or in a slightly edgy mood. So mm. you've got to try and lower those levels of cortisol and stress hormones. How, how do you do that? Exercise will do that for you yeah. immediately. So we've got to look, we've got to go far deeper than just thinking about what do I need to let go of? You've got to start changing your body from the inside out and your mind. Your mind will follow. And if you keep on doing this morning mindset routine, you start seeing stuff happen, magic happen in your life. You start feeling good. Because if you start feeling good, you start going to work more focused, more concentrated, more in charge of your life. You start making better decisions. You start to unravel a higher version of yourself. And the stuff that you want to let go of will start to let go of the process starts you start to let go of that's that's part of the process uh beth we we can talk about this all day because it really is something where people say why don't self-help books work why uh, why don't i i did i did did this course it worked for the first couple of months and then I, i went back to my normal self of course because your usual self is there your identity who you've identified with is that is going to stop you from changing until mm. you decide to change your identity, which is going to still be the same Beth as before, but the better version, the upgrade. You know, like when Mercedes brings out a new car, it's an upgrade on the last car. Yeah. When Apple upgrades their phone, they upgrade, but we don't upgrade ourselves. We, what we try and do is put a little bandage over the wound and hope it's going to heal by itself. So it's got to start with us changing our behavior and our habits. And you talked about habits earlier on. And habits, science has found out that it takes around 66 to 100 days to make a habit permanent. So that's why somebody said, oh, I I did the seven-day confidence challenge. I feel so much better. You know, a month later, they're back to the normal self. Yeah, and it, it's so interesting because when I talk about work joy quite a lot, people come to me and go, "Okay, so what's the quick win on this?" And I'm like, "There is no quick win. Yeah. It is about yes. doing the work, yes. and the work becomes joyful yeah. at that like sixty day to a hundred day thing. You're like, oh, yeah. hang on a minute, the work has now become something that is yeah. bigger than the work. Mm-hmm. It's become a habit. It's become a routine. It's become who I am. And you know, talking about a morning mindset and a morning routine and things that work for you." I definitely know for sure that if I sit there and I I have a morning routine of things that I do for my brain and I do things and so many people think these things are cheesy and I don't care that they think they're cheesy because if they work, I'm all up for them. Mm. But I I do something about gratitude, some kind of affirmation and some kind of mantra in the morning. And it's like one liner. It is not complicated because you know you want to keep it simple so if I do those things in the morning and I know for sure if I exercise in the morning versus exercise in the afternoon or the evening I feel better all day yes. if I've done it in the morning yeah and you're, you're right sometimes I do 10 minutes on the bike and it's 10 minutes and it's done yeah. sometimes I go for an hour's walk with my dog yeah. and it's done but whatever I do I know for sure I feel better and I feel more able to and this is another thing we talk about with workshop, I feel more able to embrace the challenges yes. versus be scared by them. Yes. I feel more courageous. I feel more um, confident within myself. I feel that I can use my strengths. I feel okay about the stuff I'm not good at mm. when I've done some of those things mm. because they remind me of who I am. They give you a really great start. So uh, I, do, I do believe in a morning mindset. And I also believe, and I, we, again, a whole other topic we could talk about for ages, that getting a good night's sleep is one of the best things that you Absolutely. can do for any kind of joy. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Uh, there's a great book on there for anybody who wants to, to read the book, um, Matthew Walker's Why We Sleep. Uh, yeah, love it. Yeah, brilliant book. 
Um, but you know, you know, there's so much we yeah you could talk about because you want to change your life, you have to change who you think you are, how you fit in, how you think you fit in this world, and what you were meant to do, and things will yeah. just change quickly. Uh, and I'm a, quite a visual person, and our our own senses around. 70 80 percent of the information we get is through the vision, visual senses so for anyone out there just one one more tip that you can do is on a post-it note write i love you i value you i respect you on post-it notes and look at them every morning look at them every morning for about 60 days and watch your self-esteem rise you That's a great one. Like put it on your mirror or yeah, something. Yeah, put it in your mirror, you above the mirror. Uh, you don't have to, you know, stand before and pray it, pray towards it. You just look at it and it will sink in because we use it in, in everyday language. Oh, that sunk in. So don't try and force anything. Just let it sink in and it takes time and you have to keep on as a, a lifelong process. And therefore, your self-esteem will start to rise and you start to do things that you didn't think were possible. And accept compliments, for example. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that one I've been working on for a number of years, and I think I'm getting there. Awesome. I think I'm getting there. It starts um, for my. I really, really struggled with it. I used to do the whole deflect it, ah. it really badly. I was a total deflector of a compliment. Yeah. And then it worked. Like the, after the first year of trying it and really working on it, making it a big personal development goal of mine, I managed to say thank you after about a year. Um, and 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 now I think I'm getting there. And mm. my balance, my balance now is don't get too big headed about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it does make a big difference because if you if I'm giving a compliment to somebody else, I say, David, I'm saying to you, and I know I said this the first time we had a conversation, it's like, David, you have the most lovely accent, and I could listen to you talk all Thank day. You. Um, so that's a a nice compliment to pay to you. If somebody says something like that to me, but if you if, if you said to me, oh no, I don't, then it kind of diminishes the yes. feedback that I've given to you. Yeah. So it makes us both feel bad yeah. when I'm trying to make you feel good about something. Yeah. So there's it, for me when I looked at it, it's about how you're responding to the other person and what the impact is on them. I was like, I got to stop doing that it's not helpful i need to change that so there's un- that awareness and understanding of the impact on you and other people yeah. i think is really great yeah. now i am looking at the clock and we could definitely i reckon another four or five days before <laughs> talking, we could go through yeah. all of this and i love i would love every minute of it yeah. but i do yeah. want to make sure we finish up on time okay. so i love what you've told us so far but i'm gonna nip in now and do some quick fire questions if you're up for yeah. it Fantastic. So question one, and this is a personal one. So for you in your life, in your world, Mm. what is always guaranteed to bring you a little bit of work joy? Freedom. Oh, love that. And tell me just for our uh, listeners, because I think everyone will Mm. um, probably have a different definition of that. When you say freedom, what's your definition of it? Freedom is to wake up every day uh, and do what you love. And yeah, on the days where it didn't didn't go right, to understand tomorrow, I will make a comeback. Yeah, I love that. Because real life, like not everything goes right every day. No, no, but we have the choice how we respond to it. Uh, and yeah, I believe that uh, it can be a game changer for many people's lives. That we, you have a choice to change. Yeah, great, love that. Uh, second question: What book are you currently reading? I am currently reading a book called Reality Transurfing by a Russian neuroscientist called, um, I can't remember his name, to be honest, but it's like 800 pages long, all about neuroscience change. Oh, cool. Yes, it's, fa- it's fantastic, to be honest. If you let me know who it's um, from, we'll put it in the show notes so that people can um, go and have a look sure, at that sure, one. Sure. Sounds fascinating. Yeah. Um, next one is looking back through your life. Mm. What is one really amazing or useful or impactful bit of advice that somebody has given you mm. that you find yourself always coming back to and using? Okay. Let me think. Um Actually, I can think back to recently. There's loads of things, but I'll think back to something recently where I was speaking to one of my mentors and we were on a Zoom and she said, every time you feel resistance 
resistance being stuck or something in your body, you're feeling tension, it's because you are thinking the wrong thoughts, such as um, wrong thought, this isn't going my way, it should. So when we're blaming or complaining, any of those negative thoughts that we were talking about, it's called resistance. So we're feeling resistance, we feel it in our breath, we feel it in tension in our neck, our shoulders, and to catch yourself and bring yourself back in the moment because it is is definitely the moment that counts. And when we are living a life where we're expecting things now, 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 such as impatience, you're going to feel that and it's going to affect your entire day. So that was recent advice and it brought me back into the moment in its um, yeah. yeah. Powerful. That's a really good bit of advice. I'm really reflecting on that. I think I'm going to take that one. Take it, it. Take it. Love course, it. Yes. Love the sharing of these things. Yes. Okay. And then what for you and to give our audience mm. would be one super practical bit of advice that people could take and do something today, tomorrow, the next day that you think would help them build a little bit of joy into their life? 100%. Uh, we're gonna, I'm going to go back to what you mentioned earlier on gratitude. Uh, it's something it's part of my routine in the morning, but you can do it any time of the day. So gratitude is an energy. And if people out there could just think about it as every time you are grateful for something and you focus on being grateful for little things or big things, you'll see more of it and you'll feel better. Uh, start at first in the morning. And the question you can ask yourself at any time of the day is what could I be grateful for right now? What could yeah. I be grateful for? And what that does is causes your brain to go looking for things to be grateful for. And then your energy changes, your mood changes, and you can immediately, by the process of cognitive dissonance, what psychologists say that you can't think a negative or a positive thought at the same time. It's got to be one or the other. That's how the brain works. So when you are in that that stream of gratitude, it can be life-changing at any time of the day, life-changing. So you could be there lunchtime and say, what could I be grateful for about this morning? It might not even have been a good morning. You'll find the gift in the morning. Mm. It, like, it, it puts your brain on seek it out mode, doesn't it? Yes. To really look for those moments yes. and even if they're I always say even if they're like the tiniest little thing it does change your mood it really does 100 percent you could and I, it's so little, little things isn't it I'm just thinking about when we first came on before we started recording here I said to you there's sunshine coming in my window and it I feel really grateful for that today and like that's a tiny little thing but such a lovely thing to have yes 100 percent it you know, you just, you're outside and if you're running in the morning, I, I often do 5k runs in the morning and I just stop because I live near the sea. I stop and I just breathe and it's just that moment of, I'm glad I'm alive. I'm so yeah. glad I'm alive. I love it. Thank you. So I am really grateful on the thing of gratefulness for you for coming on the podcast for talking us through your advice and your story and your stories you. I think have been really inspiring to me and I'm definitely going to take a few things away with me where can our lovely listeners find out more about you yeah sure they can look at my website david-raman.com and they can look on start on instagram really uh, I'm, I'm always doing lives live broadcasts on there and I brought I put on things daily to help people change the way they feel about themselves in the world and uh, yeah they can search out my book it's on Amazon or every other bookstore out there and that's called let it go so please join the journey brilliant thank you and we will put all of those details in the show notes on our social media as well so that people can link straight through David, thank you so much thank for today. Um, it's been great to have you here on the Work Joy Jam. And I'm looking forward to seeing where your journey goes next. Thank so you. thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode with David Rahman. I found it a really interesting conversation and he's got so much to share around how to practically move on, to let some stuff go, to help yourself. 
I love his phrase of the mental rucksack, you know, the stuff that you're carrying around with you. And I've just got that image in my mind now and it's going to really help me, I think, to consider, actually, am I carrying some baggage that I don't need to carry around with me? Or can I let some of that stuff go and, and be grateful to be able to let it go? I love some of the practical advice, um, things like, the, you know, the old elastic band on the wrist to remind yourself and to catch yourself and so much of this stuff is habitual right it's the stuff that's just in our brains because that's the way we do it and it does take a lot of time and a lot of effort to really change a habit and there's been quite a lot around in a number for a number of years that it takes 21 days to change a habit but obviously looking at the research there sometimes it can take up to 100 days you got to keep going and persevering and work through the difficult bits there is no one quick answer I love how he really focuses on gratitude and it's something that you will have seen out there in a big way. There are so many gratitude journals and things that you can do here. But one thing I really love about gratitude is this idea of what could you be grateful for today versus what are you grateful for? And the could be, I think, is it that sense of even if you aren't, maybe you could work towards it or maybe there's something that you could start seeing quite a bit less pressure I think on ourselves to oh I must be grateful for something but what could I be grateful for it's a much more open way of considering it so I am definitely taking that away myself so many great things from David and if you do want to find out more obviously he had has his book he's also really great at doing lives on insta with really practical advice so do follow him on the instagram and you can also follow us on instagram at create work joy we're also on facebook twitter and linkedin if you'd like to find more about create work joy do head to our website www.createworkjoy.com and on there you can find out more about our signature 16 week coaching program to help you create and cultivate more joy in your working life and also about some upcoming things like club work joy our community of people who are all working towards more joy in their life thank you very much for listening today i hope you enjoyed the episode there are plenty more so go and have a listen and see who else might inspire you